as our listeners are aware, we have a wonderful deal for them via audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks, a free month's trial. And Christmas is coming up, isn't it, Jack? It very much is. It's it's so close now. People have got their Christmas trees up. Shops have got their decorations out. It's We're in the final rungs of the lead up to Christmas now. Michael Buble is around every corner. Exactly. Now, if you go onto Audible, mm. what would you buy for your Christmas stocking filler? Do you know what? It's a little bit different. It's a little bit out there. But fans of the BBC programme People Just Do Nothing will know that the character, Chapadi G, has put out a comedy book, um, How To Be A Man, and it all pokes fun at his character and so on and so forth. And if you get the audio version, it's him narrating it as well. I'm sure it's delightful. It's not very festive. Not very festive, but I guarantee you it's hilarious. Good. Well, for balance, you could also, of course, go on and download The Snowman and the Snow Dog. Yeah, or Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Absolutely. Yeah. So, audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks. Why don't you find yourself a little treat for the festive season? Have a book on us. You are listening to Tech Talks, the technology podcast that is published on Mondays and Thursdays for the love of tech and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Coming up on today's show, well, it's just me and Jack. Uh, there's no interview today, it's just a short show, but we are having a look over our highlights from the podcast uh, over the last year. So stay tuned. And we've also got a little bit of an announcement around an event on the 31st of January. Hey, Jack. Hello, Dave. Good morning. Good morning. How's Colchester? Colchester is, well, I'm actually in Bures at the moment which is right on the border of Suffolk and Essex. And it is a glorious morning here. It's blue skies. There's none of that horrible London light pollution around here, Dave. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. I'll be honest, mate. It's, it's Lo- London is looking nice today. It is, it is blue. Is it? Is it? Oh, nice. Well, I wouldn't want you to be um, experiencing anything nasty, Dave. And obviously... We're... After your palaver <laughs> flying back the other day. Yeah. I mean, walking around the city as well this morning, it's, it's pretty dead, so it feels quite chilled out and quite nice. It's not the usual kind of rat race. Yeah, I mean, all the, um, all the people that are working from home and in inverted commas today are well back home like myself, so yeah. <laughs> How amazing that you were talking about drones on the podcast just a week ago, and then I was supposed to be in the office on Friday. We were going to record this in person, and then I was diverted to Brussels because I was on my way to Gatwick. I mean, I, I, it was just uh, my little face day when I saw on the news that there was a drone incident at Gatwick. I was like, I was talking about this on Monday. Um, but I was trying to dispel stuff like this actually happening. So my point was like, you can easily sort this out if a drone flies over Gatwick. Well, apparently it's not easy to sort out. So, <laughs> Although if you've looked at the news this morning, mate, the police are now suggesting that maybe it wasn't a drone. I know. Can you believe that? It's all very mysterious. It's a bit odd. It's like, apparently there were 67 sightings, including some police officers, members of the public and and staff, and yet there's no actual footage. So, (laughs) it's a bit odd. It's bizarre. I just just feel sorry for for yourself, uh, Hayley, and everyone else 
who was stuck at the airport because the news were finding stuff out faster than the airport staff. Oh, mate, I, we, we were fine. We got diverted to Brussels. We were in Brussels for three hours and then we were, we were sent to Heathrow. I won't feel sorry for the people coming back into the UK. We were fine. I think it's the people who yeah. are at Gatwick trying to get flights for Christmas holidays to get home for weddings. Yeah. There, was a, there was a cancer um, patient stuck um, oh. in the terminal. Uh, needing treatment you know all of those people they're the people who obviously were affected by it but you know it, it does highlight that there needs to be increased regulation around drones yep well Dave there, there is such a thing as detect and avoid technology that we spoke about and also all drones are actually programmed not to go over these airspaces so this was kind of a if it was a drone or an albatross who knows if it was a drone then it was obviously modified to, to, to be able to go over that airspace, which is quite scary, actually. Yeah. You can see, I mean, it's you can see why they're treating it as a terrorism incident. I mean, of course it's not, but, you know. So, look, we're going to talk about our, well, we're going to pick three highlights each for the show for 2018. Mm. We want to take this opportunity to say thank you for everyone who has listened this year, everyone who's contributed. Um, we started the year with our little SoundCloud account, uh, getting about... <laughs> getting about four or five hundred plays a month and uh, the total listenership being around about eight or nine hundred people a month and and now we're up to about six and a half seven thousand listeners a month so uh we've really enjoyed running the podcast this year it's been a lot of fun we've had some wonderful people on the show it's very difficult to pick out three highlights each but we're going to do it anyway because you know it's the end of the year and you make lists at the end of the year right Uh, (laughs) that's what you do you review the year previous exactly Uh, but we do want to thank everyone who's been involved Uh, but Jack what are your top three I'm going to start with uh, Avanti and Leo Sharma uh, from Workshop for me Uh, Ah. Avanti and Leo uh, I think like 15 and 11 or or of that similar age group I think yeah 12 12 and 16 maybe but so yeah it's, it's around that 12 and 16 but I mean the way that they speak about coding the way that they speak about unconscious bias and stuff like this you would have thought they were experienced pros right so the example I want to give and it's not necessarily the most techie part but I mean they could both code at a very young age but it was um, it was Avanti who um, was talking about being in class uh, back in is it were they from Luxembourg they are from Luxembourg yeah and she, she was in school in Luxembourg younger than she was when, when you interviewed her so probably one assumes 10-11 uh, and she was in a social studies class and on, on on the whiteboard there was a young girl stealing makeup a young boy stealing football equipment uh, just to, you know this is like a morality lesson to show you shouldn't steal stuff but she had the wherewithal to go well why is it just the girl stealing makeup why is it the boy stealing makeup why is it the girl stealing the football stuff and I just thought to be that woke uh, for one of the best phrase <laughs> at that age it's just an amazing, amazing feat. And, you know, they're look, really looking at revamping what it means to get into coding from a young age, you know, like to understand you can code to build a game, to build an app and all this. And I just think, at 12 years old, I was playing football every weekend, and that's all good and well, but I didn't even know about this kind of stuff. And it, it I, th- I think it's one, those, away. it's one of those things, isn't it? We talk about it a lot. We talk about education. We talk about the pipeline yeah. issue. We talk about um, inclusion uh, and actually getting the perspective of a, um adolescent was mm. was really valuable because it was everything that we talked about. And, and it didn't... I don't think it, it's a case that it made me reevaluate what we think, but it just drove it home and 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 yeah. emphasised that it, it's still an issue because that is the experience that these young people who've got great awareness are experiencing right now. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, it, you know, it does give you hope in the generation below. You know, if you've got people like Avanti and Leo who are this this sort of foresighting and this, this amazingly talented people, then I think we're in good hands, Dave. Let's hope so. So, I'll pick one. Uh, and it's always a tongue twister for me, this one. But Lab Step, who are tackling yeah. the problem of non-reproducibility in uh, labs given the strain that we have on uh, resources especially in the UK with the likes of, of, of Brexit being basically it seems creating and eating magic money trees um, <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, anyone who's tackling non-reproducibility where 50% of resources in science are just wasted because um, a, an experiment can't be uh, reproduced accurately by someone else is fantastic. And what I also loved about this is it was a wonderful example um, of, of two people just having an issue, coming yeah. up with a solution for that issue and that turning into a business. And so many times on the podcast, you know, it's, it's been a case of why is this why is this company successful? Because it wasn't aiming to be a company. Yes, they are yeah. they are a business, they are enterprise, they are making money. But it started with the issue first, and that's why it's got credibility in amongst its community, and also tackling something that is a real is a real issue. Absolutely, I mean, it was a shock to me to hear. I just, I, just, I mean, look, this is my this is my classic ignorance, but I just assumed that doctors shared every group with everyone, scientists shared everything with everyone. You know, they want they would want people to re- reproduce their studies to further prove it or you know counteract it. And the fact that this wasn't in place, and then you know the guys set about to write that wrong not necessarily to start a, an amazing company or anything but just to sort of widen their communities and look, look at where they are now I mean yeah. it's incredible yeah number two for you Num- number two for me uh, Johnny Hugill from Public uh, uh. blew me away this interview it really did and not only because I didn't realise that 95% of our trade was done by our ports which is mind blowing <laughs> you, you and Mr. Rob Brexit fucking hell and um, so yeah, just uh, really, really interesting interviews uh, about you know trying to to make it accessible for local government and, and such to to get the innovation from from startups. Right, startups are notoriously I don't know I wouldn't say tricky to get in with the public sector, but not many startups I believe would would would, would come to light for the public sector. So it's about keeping the public sector up to date, refreshed, re-energized with these with, with startup innovation. And you look at the innovation in fintech, you look at the innovation in port tech, health tech, it, it's everywhere. But gov tech, it's there's no money in it, right? It's, it's, it's a hard area to be in. So innovation is expensive. Uh, and public trying to do their yeah, but there, there is a there is a lot man. there is a lot of money. I mean, at the minute, it's it's three billion. By in, in the next kind of ten years, you're talking about an industry that grows thirteen billion. It's it's a real wow. growth area uh, with huge untapped potential if if companies can kind of get joined um, approach to it. I think I think what it also showed and highlighted was that cities, uh, regional and city mayors, have a huge role to play oh, yes. um, going forward. Uh, you know, maybe nation states, whilst they're not going anywhere aren't actually the best way of delivering services to, to people anymore, public services. And if you look across yeah. Europe and, and the success of, of places like Barcelona at delivering um, democracy via technology, that's a, yeah. that's a real kind of highlight for tech and, and how tech can be used as a positive. Yeah, I mean, look, if Stockton on Tees becomes a principality, I think we'll all be happy, right, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> that was the line, wasn't it, from Johnny's podcast? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's going to be competing with Monaco anytime soon. But anyway, um, all right. (laughs) Number two for me was uh, Olio Tessa Clark. Oh, yes, yes. So, Dave, what an time of year to mention Olio as well. Look, we're all aware of the challenges around homeless people um, and homelessness. Uh, and then there's people like you and I, and I, I freely admit, throw food away. Uh, it's so yeah. wasteful. And there's so many people out there, not just homeless people, you know, but there's so many people out there who are living on the breadline, who are reliant on food banks, who are um, in, in tricky financial situations because of the economic climate and the fact that so much food goes to waste is so um, short-sighted from those of us who could be doing more and I loved that Olio was a solution to try and help that it wasn't charity Tessa made sure that she she got that across it it was a profitable business but it's not charity Um, profit with purpose wasn't it profit with purpose absolutely Um, but also, it was a very non-tech tech solution that was bringing communities together. And I, yeah, think, yeah. I think that's something that is often overlooked. Um, we often think about technology kind of being all screens and, 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 and taking people away from each other. Well, here was something that was helping bring people together, getting neighbours talking to each other, local activists and volunteers. And for me, that was a real highlight and something that, that um, really I found really inspiring. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, the Profit with Purpose line was, was amazing. I just think... They are, especially today, Dave, we know in our communities where we are in London, we might not be the best or most communal people, but to, to, for them to bring people together and, you know, share experiences and food, it's it's a great idea. And um, we should both look at doing it full-time next year. We should. Number three for you? Number three for me, uh, and I beg your pardon if I pronounce this wrong, uh, Polina Frolova Montana from Job Today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she spoke about a few things. I mean, just to recap, they do 24-hour recruitment, don't they? It's all like 24-hour life cycle recruitment. They'll get you into a job immediately, essentially. Um, but she spoke about the importance of branding and um, the immediacy of a consumer-focused branding idea. You know, like this, their business, they didn't set it up to appeal to millennials, but they found that a lot of millennials went to them because it was fast-paced, it was quick, you upload your CV or whatever, and within a day you'd have a job, a short-term contract or whatever. And it's this whole thing that it's um, the idea to be non-traditional that was ready for disruption. You know, the, the recruitment is utilising tech very much now. We see it daily where we work, but, you know, to disrupt that area uh, in such a way, I think it's very exciting for the industry. Yeah, and just to add to that, I loved Brigad, who who also were in that same space, but were building yes. a, a sexy platform that also worked over SMS because, you know, fundamentally, yeah. uh, not everyone has access to the internet on a smartphone, in, in or not, not everyone has a smartphone, let's say, uh, especially if you're talking about some of those slightly more... Um, fluid workforces of, of people who are, who are coming across looking for roles in hospitality they might not have a contract or be able to get a contract because they haven't got a, an address in the UK uh, so they're looking yep. to get work so anything that works over SMS as well just that awareness that you can build something that looks super sexy but actually you've got to make sure that tech's accessible yeah yeah I mean just just to add to that the, you know the work that Buffalo Grid are doing when we had Daniel Bob on the show you know yep. to, connect the, to, to connect the next billion people um, there's so many people doing so many good things using tech uh, just to basically heal our society and save us, Dave. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, last on a little love-in for me, third 
is a <laughs> no surprise here. Um, what three yeah. words? I, I get asked regularly what, words. what one of my yeah, favourite yeah. podcasts is, and I, I probably shouldn't have a favourite podcast because there, you know, there are some <laughs> lots of really good ones. Um, yeah. But in terms of innovation, for a simple idea that had both commercial and um, and kind of cultural impact, what three words really stuck out, struck out as, as something different to me? And I think, especially with the with the news um, from Indonesia over the weekend with the with the terrible oh, yeah. tsunami, you know, an app that allows people to get um, aid packages um, to people via the UN Disaster Recovery app uh, is just incredible. Um, because there will be lots and well, there'll be scores of people who desperately need help right now due to the effects of that terrible um, tsunami. And what three words yep. will help make sure that, that people get the, the, the help that they need? So dividing the world into a grid and giving each of them a unique three word uh, address. Absolutely mm-hmm. genius. Incredibly simple. Showing that tech as well really can have good purpose and good impact. And Dave, you'll remember, uh, and this is this is uh, uh, isn't a shade at you, but you'll remember explaining this to me as we walked to uh, record the video. Uh, you remember the World Cup video we did? Oh, I do. Uh, Tech's got the world in motion. I don't think I'll ever forget that. Exactly. You were explaining this this concept to me. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. That sounds fine. Like, good idea. Then I listened to Claire Jones talk about it, and her enthusiasm and just the general aura was amazing. And like you said, something so simple, right? Something so simple that can do something as menial as get your pizza delivered or something as major as sending aid to, to, to an area like that is tsunami ridden at the moment or something like that. It's, that's what it's all about for me. You know, you've got both ends of the spectrum. You've got total banality and then total saving lives. And this technology covers it all. I think that's magical. I really do. Right. Well, look, I'm going to let you get back to your pre-Christmas... Um Whatever you're doing, Jack. Have you wrapped all your presents? I have. I have. Uh, Rosie's got a lot. I, uh, I, I thought you were about to tell everyone what Rosie's, what Rosie's getting no, no, the day before no, Christmas. No, <laughs> no, no. no. I'll, I'll, I'll update you after Christmas. But no, so I'm in, like I say, I'm back in years. I'm um, with all of the Clift family this Christmas, and it's been lovely so far. Delightful. Well, look, I'm going to get back into, into the office where there's, where there's millions of children and get this published. But uh, a quick reminder... <laughs> Uh, if you go to our meetup page, our Tech Talks meetup page, on the 31st of January, Johnny Hugill, Hannah Allen from Babylon, and Gillian, uh, the founder of Safe in the City, are going to be joining us for a live version of the podcast all about GovTech from Westworks in West London, which is by White City. We'd love it if you'd come along. We are going to be asking for people who attend to make a £5 donation to Bike Night. Hopefully that doesn't put people off. But it's it's voluntary contribution. We're not going to enforce it. Uh, but we'd love you to come along. It's going to be um, it's going to be a live oh, live event. Sne- I will sneer at you if you don't donate to the homeless. I will I will sneeringly glare at you <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> but it's myself and Jack uh, uh, joined by those three wonderful guests um, talking about the the way that technology can help improve public services and democracy. You know, I think it's really important with what's going on in the environment at the minute to think about how it can be positive given the, the stresses placed on, on public services and, and, and democracy at the, at the minute that everyone is obviously familiar with. Come, come watch me and Dave try and keep up with true experts in this subject. It, that, that's the entertaining part, I think, to the audience. Absolutely. Right, well, look, Merry Christmas. Again, like we said, thank you to everyone who supported us this year. We will be back in the first week of January with Gillian from Safe in the City as our first guest for 2019. But until then, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and keep safe. 
Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>